Constellation. 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 Welcome to Inner Bloom, a podcast about spirituality and intuitive empowerment, where we help each other evolve and ascend through conscious community. I'm Alexa, a healer who utilizes EFT, also known as tapping, to help you process stuck emotions, release limiting beliefs, and reconnect with your inner child. I'm Ambrosia, a psychic medium and Arcturian channel, here to uplift and inspire you to see that you are capable of more than you know. Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives. We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back once again to Inner Bloom Podcast. I am Alexa. And I am Ambrosia. I was going to give a funny name and I couldn't think of one. What would your funny name be? I don't know. I couldn't think of one. Matilda? Miltilda. I like that. Miltilda? Miltilda. Not Matilda. Mil. Or or Thumbelina. I feel like mm. you could embody Thumbelina. No? Thank you. Yeah. So I think of Thumbelina as she's so cute. She would like dance on like in like a flower because she was so tiny. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. How was your day? You know, Ricardo and I were talking about, um, we had a conversation last night. We were talking about like different heights of people. Yeah. And he was like, I always imagined you and Alexa tall. You have like tall girl energy. And I was like, I appreciate that. We're both five feet tall. We're pretty short women. So I absolutely appreciate that. And I feel like when we've had our retreats, that's been reflected back to us many times. I'm like, oh, I (laughs) people are like, you're so tiny. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're in charge here. That's (laughs) are you sure? Can you see the counter? Yeah. Do you want me to hold you up? Yeah, no, but uh Ricardo is six one and Rob is six three. My husband is six three. Yeah, I just didn't. I don't know. I was. How tall was is Alex? Shocked. How tall is your husband? Alex, he's Five, six ten? foot. Six no, foot. Six foot. I'm gonna say what? It's actually like a big issue that I can't say on the podcast because he'll actually kill me. But oh. he's six foot. Well, now I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> he's not. He's not. <laughs> okay. Okay. Got you. He's six foot. He's six um, foot. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know why I do this. <laughs> Sometimes I get insecure about the height difference between me and my husband. So I'll like Google other couples that I see. This is such a weird thing that I do. I'll like see other celebrity couples that are clearly one is so much taller. Like the guy is like so much taller. Yeah. And I'll be like, okay, well, there's definitely, they, they at least have the same like height difference than me. And I'll look never one time, never one time has it been. It's always been like, and I don't know. I asked myself, I'm like, what? Why are you insecure about that? Like, why do you care about that? Why is that so important to you? And I'm like, I don't know. I just like it's it's a it's what is it? It's like a foot and two inches. It's just it's just a big difference. And I guess I wonder, I'm like, what does it look like in pictures? Like, we can't really take pictures of just like you, you have to work an angle. You know what I mean? So have you ever taken your cell phone and put it up to where your husband's face is, and that's how he looks at you? Oh, yeah. He'll take my phone and point it down and be like, this is what I see. Yeah. 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 And I'm Alex like, did that to me. And I was like, 
this is weird. Yeah. Why? I look like a child. Yeah. It's like, it like freaks me out. I'm like, I like couldn't even talk to him for like a full day. It was like, yeah, I can't. But the funny thing is I did date a guy that was, um, he was five, three. Mm. It didn't last very long. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Rick is Rick Kice. Keith. Is that your friend? Yep, that's my friend. Hi, Rick. He said he's six seven and his wife is five one. Thanks, yeah. Rick. You make me feel so much better. <laughs> yeah, Rick's really tall. You could definitely pick Rick out of a crowd. Yo, six seven, that is insane. Did you play basketball? That's wild. He did not play basketball. I played oh, baseball. Wow. Oh, wild. Okay. Well We went great. to high school together, so I know a lot about Rick. Welcome, Rick. I see you here often. Um well, I guess we can use this as a segue into our topic for today, um, which is today we're going to be talking about toxic masculinity and the role that women can potentially play in that. And this right, to- women, buckle up. Today's the day. Today's the day we're accountable. We take accountability. All of us take accountability. Go ahead. Yeah. How do, how are we talking about this? This Me and you. So if you guys don't know, Ambie and I, some of the greatest podcast episodes are ones you will never hear. You will never hear. Because Ambie and I have them over the phone spontaneously. And at the end we go, damn, that was a good episode. We should have recorded this. Yeah. Um, so how are we talking about this? So we were talking about this because I was in clubhouse and you heard something on positive heads and I was in clubhouse and we were talking about that. So I'll tell what I heard in clubhouse first. Okay. So I was in clubhouse. I'm not going to mention names in case someone listens to the podcast. So I will save your identity. Um, but there was a guy in there and he was talking about how he used to, um, only use women for sex. And how he um, came to the conclusion that he didn't want his son essentially to grow up like him. And so he decided that he was going to switch his life around and he wanted to like really be in a committed relationship. But that took a lot of years of therapy and like, like really coming into who he is and, and healing from a lot of trauma. And what I thought was interesting was the, the women's reaction to him was shame the women's reaction to him, like being vulnerable and telling his story about how he used to use women was how can you pretend to be our ally if you have been a perpetrator? And I thought that that was really interesting because it's not fair to tell men to say, be vulnerable, open up to us, talk to us. And then when they do, it's like, oh, you're the bad guy and fuck off. Mm-hmm. And how dare you do this thing? And then we re-traumatize them and re-shame them for something that they've done 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I I was just thinking about the female role in really leading up to um, the stereotype that men have to be tough and they can't be vulnerable and all of that bullshit that society feeds us. So that was my story. Yeah, I remember now. And that was that was a really big jumping off point because we were talking about, like you said, this idea of, like you said, women always want men. Why can't men be more in touch with their emotions? Why can't we do this? And then yet when they do, we really don't know how to handle that. We really don't know how to receive that. 
uh, or we haven't up until this point, and we push it away, we shame it, we belittle it. And it's this idea that, you know, if we're really wanting that, if we're really wanting to call that in, we need to start holding space for that, right? Yeah. We need to start. Now, at the same time, I remember what what that your share then triggered in me was I was talking about how I had been listening to Positive Head, another podcast, and uh, Brandon had had on a man, it's very, very sweet uh, man, but when this man came on, well, it was an interesting interview because Brandon in general said from the beginning, he was like, oh, I, I didn't really know this interview was going to go in this direction, but we were talking beforehand and I guess this is where it's going. Essentially, this man came on and very vulnerably shared that he had committed a sexual violation um, when he was at a like a play party, like a sexual play party. He was uh, with a woman. They were like hot and heavy. And then I guess she uh, passed out because they were like partying too. And he just kept going. Um, and afterwards, he told everyone what, what he did. He told the community what he did. And he was upfront about it from the beginning. And, you know, a lot of healing had to happen. And also... A lot of accountability had to happen, um, but essentially it all was, you know, worked out between the two of them. But then, you know, he spent the, the last, I think he said like 10 or 15 years going through all different types of healing, therapy, growth, personal growth. It really triggered his journey. And he's been speaking about this vulnerability of like, I did this thing. I did this thing that society sees as, that first of all is terrible and is extremely triggering. We should have said trigger warning on this episode probably, but. We should have. Well, maybe um, we could cut it and add it in the beginning. Maybe. Um, when I say we, yes. I mean you. Go yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the point is what we were talking about with that episode, I was sharing how it was really interesting to listen to because Brandon, who was the host, was saying like, well, listen, I don't want to like, I, I, I commend you for being so vulnerable. I commend you for everything you've, you've been speaking, how you're speaking about this, how you're owning up to this. I commend you for that. And at the same time, I can't just like blow past the pact that like you committed this like sexual violation and I know my listeners are going to be triggered by this, right? And it, it, it started this whole dialogue. And, and this guy was very, he had clearly done so much inner work because he was very able to understand that and very able to talk about it and very able to hold space for whatever wanted to happen in the conversation. But I think that it brought up again this idea that um, <laughs> that it's like there's people in society that they do things, right? They do things because they're disconnected. Mm -hmm. Men, for example, I believe that the reason men <laughs> rape women is because they're programmed and conditioned to do this or they've been extremely hurt in their lives and so they would treat someone else in this way or they would feel they have to take someone something from someone else in this way. There's some reason that this is happening, that there's disconnection and some pain that's manifesting, mm -hmm. right? So I'm not condoning it or giving it any excuse, obviously. I'm just saying like this comes from somewhere. And so then men end up, for example, becoming a product of this and they do these things. And it's like, what does society do with these people who they've done something wrong, now they want, they've, they, they own up to it and they want to change their ways. Society doesn't really have a way to um, accept these people yet. We haven't really created that framework yet because we're still in this like shaming and blaming culture of like, no, you're a bad person, you did something wrong. We're, I feel like we're in the process of moving into a new space, but right now we're in this really kind of crunchy time where it's like, 
what do we do and how do we treat this person that has clearly um, acknowledged that they've, yes, done something wrong, but they want to make amends for it? And is it right to continue to shame them and push them away? Um, or does that just create more shame and more of these things happening, right? Like, how do we heal from here is the question. Mm. I think that that's a really important and good question. And I think it also depends upon if the person that is causing the pain, if that person is really ready to heal, do they want to heal? Do they want to something different? Or do they think that it's not a problem and it's somebody else's problem, right? Because I think that that's important to take into consideration as well. But I can tell you, like going back to like our topic. So I am going to call myself out. I said to my husband, and I will own this, but he said something mean to our little one. And my husband said something along the lines of, I forget exactly how the conversation went, but he said something along the lines of like, he hurt my feelings, like talking about our child. And my response was, oh, did he hurt your feelings? You're a grown up deal with it. Hmm. And he stopped and he's like, when you do that, you make me feel like shit. And I realized, like, I took a step back and I was like, oh my God, you are so toxic right now, Ambi holy shit. Like I'm not making the situation better. I'm not trying to see anybody's perspective. I'm literally belittling my husband for no fucking reason. And I think that piece of it, I would never do that to my children, but why would I do this to the love of my life? You know? And so it took me a few months to really like look at how toxic I was being and took me a long time to move into a place of taking a step back. And instead of like saying hurtful shit when I'm angry or just being a not nice person when I'm upset, it really helped me see like, you are not providing enough space for him to express his feelings and for him to grow in this situation at all. And so I think that it's really important and I can only speak for myself, But I think that it's really important to own up to our mistakes. Nobody is perfect. I fucked up. I made this person feel violated, invalid. I made them feel invisible. And I think it's really important to say, like, I'm really sorry that I did that. And how can I change going forward? So and I think that's not only a gender thing, whatever you identify with. But I think it's a human being component that we need to treat each other better. Hmm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And I, I think everyone can relate to that too, because of the the roles that we've all, you know, in this case, we're speaking about gender roles, right? I, I feel like what your reaction was illustrative of was like, it's like, oh, you're a man. Like, should I yeah. feel bad for you because you're a man, right? It's like, and which you can look at certain aspects of our society and justify that. You really can, right? And I think this is the whole conversation is like, yes, this has been how we have been operating. Okay, right? Now Mm -hmm. we're able to see more clearly how 
this really doesn't serve us because it just creates this kind of a uh, really toxic loop back and forth between men and women and everything yeah. in between, right? It's like, well, men did this. Well, women are doing this. No, but when men are doing this, it's like now feels like a time when women have to step up, right? Step into our power because that's what what's really happening and create this new space for which the new – a version of man to step into, right? If we mm-hmm. want men to show up in a different way, I, I do think that we have we are so powerful and we have the power to um, embrace our own power, come together as well and unite and, and that is going to help us in our power as well, but also create this space for men to feel safe to cry or to mm-hmm. share their emotions. Um, and... I also see how this can be, again, a really triggering idea maybe for someone who has been violated or raped or attacked by men. Like, I really get how this is, why this is so difficult in a way, you know? Mm -hmm. Because in that story I was sharing earlier from the man on the Positive Head podcast, he was telling more of his story how, you know, he he did everything um, that he he could in order to make amends and, and... whatever the woman wanted or didn't want, like he was there, he was even willing to deal with it in court. She decided she didn't want that. Um, The community took really good care of her. And then, you know, he went on his own healing journey. But then like several years later, he said that this group of women found out about what happened who was not related to the situation at all. They didn't even know him, but they found out about what happened and they basically like used him as their public punching bag to um, say like, this is men and this is what they do. And, this is why we can't trust them and blah, 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 blah. And that he then had to stand up for himself because he's like, yes, I did do this terrible thing that I've been, you know, uh, really trying to make amends for. Yet, it's not okay for, like, this situation was, I did not do anything. Like, you're you're putting mm-hmm. lies about me out there and you're attacking me. And so then he had to, like, put his foot down and set his boundary and say, like, this is not okay. And it's just... <clears throat> I think we have to, we really have to decide what we want our future to look like. And I think that is going to determine uh, how we treat people, whether they do good or bad. That's going to determine the way that we handle these situations moving forward. Um, I was, um, oh, I, oh, there's something I wanted to share and I just lost my thought. Um Oh, shoot, it just flew out of my head. Okay, it'll come back. It'll come back. It'll come back. I'm throwing it to you. Oh, you're throwing it to me? Yeah, because okay. it'll, it'll come back. Well, I feel like the other thing that I personally want to uh, denote here is not only men, but people who identify as men or masculine, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's important that um, when, we, when we're talking about this, we're talking about all human beings – I guess all beings that identify as, as more masculine, that it's important not to go into like the toxic masculinity, but also all beings or all human beings that identify as more feminine, not to go into the toxic femininity, which is where I can Mm -hmm. say that I have been because I have been told by my parents, I have been told by society that like men will hurt you, that Mm -hmm. this toxic masculine being will hurt you. 
right? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like if we're going to change the narrative of toxic masculinity, we need to change the narrative of toxic femininity as well, because we've all had situations and encounters with the mean girls. Maybe with some of us have been the mean girls. I know that I have been that mean girl in high school. And probably since then, you know, I, I just shared a story about my husband and I, and that was definitely not in high school. So it's, we all are perpetrators and we have all been victimized. And I think it's important to really understand your own healing on this journey. So that way you can help other people heal as well. Because if you're so triggered by what has happened to you, that you can't move past someone's, how they identify themselves based on their gender, right? Then how can we heal? How can we move on? If you get triggered by someone who identifies as a man, then it's really, it's counterproductive to what we're trying to do as this new society of like really accepting people and loving people where they are. Mm. Really well said. Actually, when you said toxic femininity, I was like, I don't even know if I've ever heard that before. But obviously, if there's toxic masculinity, there's toxic femininity. And I think this really goes into taking accountability. And that is actually the thing that flew out of my head that I wanted to say. Maybe it was like, no, that piece doesn't go at this part in the conversation. It goes later. It goes Um, over here. Um, I heard someone say, I think it was someone on TikTok, they, they were saying, they 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 were talking about some situation that was happening and they were like this is why i am in support of accountability culture not cancel culture mm-hmm. and that really resonated with me deeply we've talked about cancel culture on this podcast before and i've shared my issues with it and i think my issue with it is that when you cancel someone you don't cancel out you, you don't change anything. You're not changing anything that's happening. You're just shaming someone and you're just creating more shame. The second that you say someone is canceled, you literally just send them to the corner and like they put their head down and it creates more shame, more shame around them, more shame around people who relate to them. Nothing changes. And for for me, what I think is important to gain from cancel culture, and I think this is what you said on previous episodes, Ambi, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. it was like the the accountability piece is the important piece. The piece about saying like, no, this needs to change. So you need to be called out or this behavior needs to be called out because we want it to change, right? But mm-hmm. I really do think with a current cancel culture, nothing changes. We just create more of the same because no one's providing a solution. We're just saying, mm, delete. It's like, well, somebody doesn't get deleted actually. And just because you say delete to a behavior or a situation, it does not mean that anything changes. You actually have to change the energy or provide some sort of solution or healing in order for that to change. And so when we're talking about accountability culture, that's saying, yes, let's all be accountable for what we've done for our lives as humans, which we all have things to be accountable for because we're human beings. And that's the whole point of being human. We're all going to look back on things we've done and said and be like, "Mm, that wasn't really the best thing to say, or that was really insensitive, or that was really stupid, you know? And if we can be accountable and claim that and say, okay, and how can I make this right if I need to make it right? Or how have I learned from this? And how is that going to benefit me and people around me moving forward? That is the important thing about um, this this new wave of like calling people out. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And I really want to promote accountability culture because I think it is much more productive and healing um, in general. Now, I completely agree with this because the last time we talked about cancel culture, I was like, cancel them, cancel them. I was on that board. And I like the idea of accountability culture rather than cancel culture. And I will give you an example. So I love James Charles. I love him. I think he's a sweet kid. Um, I think he's, have you heard about this? Oh yeah. (laughs) Okay. Trigger warning, trigger warning. I think he's a nice kid. I obviously don't know him personally. However, I, he has twice now talked to young men under the age of 18. Now he's come out publicly and I am in no way, no way condoning like child pornography or pedophilia or anything like that. I have my own personal shit with that and it took me a long time to get over it. So I am not saying that that is right in any way. However, James Charles is like 21 and the people he was talking to were 16 and 17 years old. I can tell you that when I was 16, I dated a 22 year old. Was it appropriate? Should no. Should it have happened? No. But did it? Yes. And was I a consenting party to that? Yes. Did I know how old the guy was? Absolutely. If that had been today, it would have been like a huge, huge scandal. Now, I am not saying that I agree with what happened, but what I do agree with is that James Charles said, I'm desperate for love and I'm going about it in the wrong way. And I see what's happening and I need like I need to change. I should have done my due diligence. I should have made sure that I checked their IDs. Like I didn't do that. They told me they were a teen, et cetera, et cetera. Now I do think that if it happens again, like then like there are issues that are happening here. That being said, I do think that there is some, um, something to be said for owning up to your mistakes like he did and something to be said for I've done a lot of self work and a lot of therapy and I've realized that I'm really not happy in this area of my life. And that's why I'm going about dating in a really toxic way. And he's trying to really um, change that or what it appears that he's really trying to change that. Right now, again, I don't know him personally and it might come out that he's a total pervert. I have no idea. But this is just what I've seen from his YouTube channel and various things. And I think it's a good example of we shouldn't necessarily like cancel people altogether and say he's he's a child molester or whatever the case may be. I think that it's really important to take all of the facts into consideration. And I think it's really important to understand that if you look at, and I firmly, firmly stand by this. <clears throat> if you look at someone like, and I'm going to trigger people again, Hugh Hefner. I totally think that Hugh Hefner was probably a pervert because. You think? I think because <laughs> the women that he dated were substantially younger than him. Were they over 18? Yes. But it was still such an age difference that it's, 
in my opinion, it's like, whoa, like something is not right here. And yet nobody says anything about that because the women are over 18. So I feel like you can't really look at one thing and say that's acceptable and another thing and say that that's not acceptable. There have, there have been so many things that are like walking on that line of unacceptable behavior. And I think it's important that we stop and say like, this isn't appropriate anymore, but it's also going into teaching people that it's not appropriate because of this, this reason is why this behavior is not acceptable anymore. Instead of just saying you're done from society, you're no longer in society, which isn't working. It's not, it's not what's happening here. So hopefully James Charles did learn his lesson. Hopefully he is not going about this in a wrong way. But Alexa's is so triggered right now. No, but, I, no, no. I, I, I want to add on to it. But I feel like I, I genuinely am hoping for the best for him. I'm genuinely hoping that like he's he's really not this bad guy that everybody is making him out to be. But I guess we'll see. Go ahead. No, yeah. I mean, he's a good example. And I know I know what you mean, Ambie. I was thinking about that, too, about how it's really interesting right now. Everyone's like, oh, my God, they were under 18. And I, again, I, I agree with Ambie. Like, I don't condone, you know, any anything like that. Um, but I was the same way. I mean, I was, my first boyfriend was, I don't know. I think he was 19 and I was 15. I, I don't know. Like, the point is, like, I was under 18. He was over 18. Like, stuff like that happens and when you're that age and you're just like seeing people it doesn't matter we don't have to justify what James Charles is doing or has done the point is I agree with you though for example looking at Hollywood in Interview with a Vampire Kirsten Dunst was what eight years old and she kissed Brad Pitt sexually romantically for the movie but that was okay apparently it's on film like she's literally said that was so effing weird in interviews like what the hell but it's in Hollywood so it's okay like it's there's a lot of weird I did not know that I have not seen that movie oh oh, yeah oh yeah there's a lot of shit like that when you go and look back at old movies that you're like excuse me there there's a movie called blank check do you remember that movie? Um, I do remember. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember that at movie. At yeah. the end of the movie, the kid who's about the same age, eight, maybe nine, the really, really sexy bombshell, like, like boobs yeah. out, everyone. Yeah. Kisses him romantically at the end, like on the lips. It's really weird and uncomfortable. People were bringing that up again um, on the internet, like within the past year, just like, what? And you're just watching it again going, huh? So I, I, this goes back to the conversation about, listen, like. I'm smiling at my husband, everybody, if you saw me, I didn't, walked by. Okay, I didn't just saying, go ahead. This goes back to the whole thing, though, about taking accountability. Let's take accountability for ourselves, but let's also realize that all of us are a product of the society that we live in. And that yeah. is the that is the conversation that we need to start having if we want things to change, not you're a bad person, so you need to leave. While yes, people need to be accountable for their actions, 
if you think that the problem is with that one person, you're sadly mistaken because it's with the society that they're brought up in. That yeah. is, that is, they're a product of it. And we all are to a degree. And these messages are infused into our minds constantly from TV, movies, like, like you just said, I don't even remember seeing that. Yeah, me neither. But guess what? It happened. And that puts an image in your brain of that. That's okay. That this like, is, yeah. I've been watching the Twilight Zone like the older versions. Oh my God. I love it. Anyway, not the point. Point is there was one episode. I think it was talking. I was talking about this to somebody. I think it was you. And this older man, he's probably in his sixties or seventies. He's an older man. And he is carrying, they said on the show that she's 11 years old up the stairs. And he's asking her if he could be her boyfriend and all of these things, very inappropriate cut to the end of the episode where um, he's an alien, he's from another planet, and he's actually 23. And so they get married because that's okay. Because him being 23 and her being 11, that's acceptable. And I was just like, what the fuck is happening? That like, this is supposed to be like a positive outcome? Like, that's not okay. And I think that when we start to look at things like this that have been so normalized in our society, we start to be like, that is not acceptable. However, I feel like we don't look at like a 16 year old dating a 19 year old. And we're like, that's not acceptable that the 19 year old's dating a 16 year old. Well, that may be the case, but they're only three years apart. We're not talking about 11 year old and a 28 year old. That's a big fucking difference. And I think that it's really, it's something that we have to really consider. And like your, to your point, it is not just a one um, like child, um, pedophilia, like rape, um, all of these things that are really scary murder, really scary things in our society. It is not just one person or one type of person doing this. It has been normalized in our society for a really long time. And I think the beautiful thing that we're starting to do is say like, this should not be normal. This is not okay. Like, yeah for us to be looking at children as sex objects and for us to be so violent with each other, it's not, it's not okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like there are a lot of things going on with different generations, but I feel like, like, for example, like physical abuse in the fifties was very normal. Kids are to be seen and not heard. Very, very common phrase, very normal. And that created a lot of like people that were not able to come into touch with their emotion, which created more people that weren't able to come into touch with their emotion and so on and so forth. But I think we're starting to be able to move past that. Thank God. And normalize that child abuse is not okay. That children should have voices that like you're really fucking people up by not talking about our emotions. And I think that um, when we talk about men in particular or, or people that identify as men, not having that, that bandwidth to be able to cry or show emotion or things like that, we're just con or condemning them when they are vulnerable. And when they do say, I fucked up, I made a big mistake. I think we're just per, we're leading to more of this behavior because they're still going to do it. They're just not going to learn why it's not acceptable. And furthermore, I do think that there are some people that are not nice people and 
don't mind hurting other people and want to hurt other people. Do I think that we should try to help those people? I think that if they want help, great. But I do think that that's why like we have prisons, right? Like that's why we have places to put people that want to physically harm other people and that think it's okay. So I am not condoning that we shouldn't have prison or anything wild like that, just in case anybody's listening <laughs> to, to yeah. my TED talk. I think that, I know, I think it was a really good TED talk. And I think that overall, and Carrie said this on Facebook, she said, just because something was normalized years ago or even last week doesn't mean we don't have an opportunity to relook at it with a new lens and make different, better decisions in the future. And I agree with that. And I think, you know what? How cool is it that we're in this time right now where we're we're having these conversations, where we're actually seeing these things? Like on one hand, do I think it's cool that everyone's canceling everyone? No, I don't really love that energy. I think it's very like pitchfork energy and I don't like that. However, how cool is it that as a society, we've reached this level where we're seeing with these new eyes and we're able to see, oh, that doesn't make any sense and that's not okay. So let's... And the cancel culture is really just baby step to, like we said, this accountability culture and a more evolved way of thinking about it. You know, a first idea in its iteration, it's never what it ends up being, right? So it's like cancel culture is kind of like the first stab at it, which I don't think is is really what it's going to end up being. It's just we're starting to take steps in that direction as a society. And I do think that overall it's for good reason and that we're going somewhere with it. And I feel like we should be happy about the progress we're making. And I only feel like it's going to speed up as well, which is why it's important for us to really think about what do we want to create in the future? What type of energy do we want to move into? Like we said, how do we want to reframe things from this cancel culture to accountability culture to maybe something even more in alignment than accountability culture? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, the, the, the one other thing I want to say before we wind up, went down, I can't believe it's been 45 minutes, is... Um, <laughs> me just yelling at the mic for 45 minutes go ahead (laughs) is to be is to be compassionate with yourself because I Mm. think as we see these things coming up in society we're gonna feel and remember things coming up in our own awareness that people that's like wait what I did that or I said that I didn't think that that was wrong at the time or I did I really didn't you know we're gonna come to pieces of ourselves that are like (gasps) that feeling of oh no, am I going to be canceled? That type of thing. And I think the important thing is to have compassion for yourself, to take accountability with yourself and just claim, yeah, oh yeah, I did say that. I did do that. And this is where I was at the time. And this is what I learned from it. And know that, you know, it's okay. We're, We're all humans. Let's just keep taking accountability and take steps forward towards a better future for all of us. So, um, you know, uh, I think this is a really important conversation to have. Uh, I thank you, Ambi, for <laughs> pushing into it today. <laughs> and um, thank you, all of you who tuned in on Facebook. Um, we do have some announcements. Announcements. <laughs> okay. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You go first. Or do you want to flip a coin again? Okay. No, you go first. Um, <laughs> So the first announcement that I would like to make is Alexa and I are offering VIP days. If you heard this and you still want to hang out with us, yay. (laughs) Um, Essentially what um, we are doing is we are bringing our services and ourselves to you. So we will come to your house. We will hang out with you. We will help you um, 
it's like a retreat at your house. We're going to do use our different modalities, readings, uh, channeling, tapping, um, in order to help you move past whatever your limiting beliefs are, and then use what we have in the area to help you grow past it too with physical tools and things of that nature. Yeah, we're basically going to design a whole day around you. We're going to come to you. And yeah, I like what you said, Ambie. It's like a retreat in a day. So um, this is something, an idea that we had. And we're like, oh my God, we love that. And that would be so fun. It's kind of like Queer Eye, if you guys watch that show. But like in one day and with me and Ambie. Uh, and, and all not the- Not five guys, just not us. Not five guys, just us. Um, and this way, we also get to like travel and like come to you guys and explore new parts of the U.S. and- uh, it'll be really fun. So, um, should we, it's on our website. Should we tell them the price? Um, well, if you want, no, I think we should let them, let them feel into it for themselves. No, I'm joking when I say that, but if you're interested in it, email us, let us know. And we'll have a conversation around it. Cool. Um, let's see. Okay. Was there anything? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shira goes, ooh. Danielle goes, what? Carrie goes, damn. <laughs> That's so funny. Good times. Kristen says that sounds awesome. Yeah, we're really excited about it. It's really cool, you guys, because like um, during the pandemic, Ambie told, kept telling me, she's like, I keep seeing us like go to going to people's houses. And I'm like, but like how? Like it's the pandemic and like <laughs> we're in a pandemic. I was like, Andy. I don't understand this vision. And then literally the other day it hit us. It's like, that's what it is. And also it wasn't the right time then, I guess, and it is now. So yeah. we're very excited about it. Uh so yeah, if you're interested, reach out to us and and we'll hit the road. <laughs> um, I just had a vision of us like road tripping Hitting and filming it and it being really funny. Yeah. Good times. I um, like that. Go ahead. What do you want to announce? I don't um, have anything okay. Else. Okay. Well, I want to announce that I have started officially launching on the 15th, a private community. It's going to be every week, something new from card pulls to inner child work, to guided meditations, to guest speakers. Um, and then you're going to get, um, I'm doing like a live group reading next week. And then you're going to get access to other things that people don't normally get access to, um, such as like free readings, things like that. Um, it's only a thousand dollars for the year. So typically to work with me in this capacity, it's about a thousand dollars a month. So this is a huge, huge discount because I want to work with as many people as possible. Um, and what else? I think that's it. Yeah. Yay. It's called the conscious collective. Oh, and May will be one of my, it's going to be the last month of me doing readings. So super scared. Yeah. Great. Good. I'm so excited for you. So excited. Taking so the scared. leap. Taking the leap it. of faith. Here we go. So sorry, readings end when? In May? May. Yes. May is going to be the last month. Well, better get in the community. Or yeah. book your reading and get in the community. Or, or do both. It, yeah, do both. Um, awesome. <sighs> well, thanks, yeah. Andy. So excited for you about all those things. And uh, yeah, um, I believe we might have one spot left in our Patreon if you want to talk with the ARC 9. I'm actually not sure. Someone might have already taken it. But check it out. 
We also okay. do have a loophole in that if you want to be in our top tier um, of, of uh, Patreon, then you get to be in ARC9 even though we only have a limited amount of numbers of that available uh, if you're just signing up for the ARC9 tier. It's kind of confusing to explain, but if you go check out our Patreon, you'll get it. Also, all will be revealed. Go ahead. All will be revealed. Also, um, Rick and Rob did their Aries New Moon meditation on our Patreon. And I, we've already gotten such great feedback. People love it. It was really in-depth and intense and beautiful. So if you are one of our patrons uh, at the Moon Child tier or above, go check that out. And, uh, yeah, otherwise we love you guys. And, uh, thank you so much for being here, being a part of this community and until next time, keep on blooming. Bye everybody. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within.